She only likes me when she's drunk She only likes me when she's faded She only likes me when she's on her back With a bottle of Jack And she knows I can never get enough Oh yeah Hello everybody, welcome to the official Candy Podcast My name is Ron Kuchler I'm the editor and founder and chief of Candy Magazine I'm joined this week with my co-founder of Candy, Steve Scala and we have a very special guest, a very long, long time friend of Candy and, and me, uh, Pasquale Romano. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, doing great, Ron. Yep, doing good on my end here in Vegas. So I wanted to uh, introduce Squally real quick. Uh, Squally and I go back about 15 years. That's his nickname. Um, and uh, Steve and I, I think we go back. What do we go back, Steve? 20, 20 years? Yeah, we're 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 somewhere there. We're somewhere there. Yep. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty years. And uh, but all three of us are hockey guys, and the hockey season started yesterday. And uh, your Penguins got off to a good start there, Pasquale. Yes, they did. And, uh, you know, obviously I was quite nervous coming into this year. You know, we've we've uh, kind of uh, started going downhill a little bit. You know, players getting older, changes have been made. But uh, it was definitely a great start to a new season. Yeah, off to a good start. I think it was a 6-2 win over Tampa as a defending champs. And, uh, and how's our Blackhawks looking out there in Chicago, Steve? I think we're going to be good. We got we got, we got a, we got Fleury in the goal now. And we got Jonathan Taze back. We got uh, Alex Dabrinkit. I got the cat there with uh, – uh, hooking up with uh, with Patrick Kane, you know, and, and on the Ford side. So um, we're excited, man. We're really excited. Yeah, a little drama around Dylan Stroman. I'm seeing though, huh? The, uh, <laughs> always. <laughs> Is he not that good a player? I don't, I don't know much about the guy. So I, I don't I don't know much about him either, Ron. To be uh, honest okay. with you. Well, you guys know I'm a big Rangers fan, and uh, man, I just love the Rangers. But yesterday, they just threw a wrench into my season where they uh, <laughs> we had this kid, Vitaly Krasov, who was supposed to be like front-line, top-line player. And they tried to send him down to the waivers, and he declined, and it just blew up. So he asked for a trade. So now I mean, we're just in meltdown mode going into today's game against the Capitals. So uh, it's got my uh, it's got my angst up, to say the least. But anyway. Yeah, we got Colorado I, tonight, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Well, That'll be a good game. I'm looking forward to watching both games, you know, tonight. So it'll definitely be a good thing. So, uh, Pasquale, um, let's let's go way back to your beginnings here. Okay, let's go back to when I first met you in, in, in Vegas. I know you're, you're from Pittsburgh originally, right? Yep, correct. Okay. Are you from the city proper or the suburbs? I'm, I'm about 35 minutes north of Pittsburgh. Okay, okay. Good family uh, background as far as family neighborhood and, uh, you know, roots, big Italian roots, I think, if I remember right. Yeah, correct. The town, the little town that I grew up in was very, uh, very strong community of Italians and uh, Lebanese, believe it or not. And uh, a lot of people immigrated uh, from Italy. They ended up in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, because believe it or not, we are the fire capital of America. That's where uh, Vitel fireworks came from and Zambelli fireworks came from. And they've, uh, so a lot of work was there at that time. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, Steve, you're, you got some Italian roots, right? Yeah, well, hence the nickname Beef. Uh, my uh, great-great-grandfather, well, great-great-grandfather's first cousin, Pasquale Scala, was nice. uh, known to be the uh, originator of the, uh, the Italian beef sandwich. You know, he did sausage and beef. He had a little cart that he'd 
push push around, you know, in the neighborhoods. And uh, back in the day, he was the original purveyor of uh, the thin roasted Italian beef that our other partner, Billy Nishay, uh, is known for at his Wise Guys uh, restaurants across Texas, you know, but it's that Chicago style roast Italian beef. Uh, um, the namesake, my, uh, my, my great uncle Pasquale was uh, the one of the original founders of that back in the day, back in the 30s. Oh my God, what a small world. I had no idea. I just learned two things about you and then what how it crosses over with Pasquale is just amazing. <laughs> it's pretty wild. <laughs> it is it is pretty wild. So Pasquale, when you went when you went to Vegas, you were uh you were a host, um uh I remember, at at Palms and then you moved over to Caesars. And um Correct. I, I, from what I recall, just you know, the time I spent there uh, with your amazing hospitality, um, I would cross paths occasionally, thanks to you, with celebrities from time to time. Yep, um, yep. You know, who who was the most um, accommodating celebrity that you ever hosted? Oh man, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty tough one. Um, you know, honestly, I never personally had really any bad experiences that I could remember. Uh, I would probably have to say, uh, I would probably have to say, believe it or not, uh, Justin Timberlake was really cool. But then again, I was a pretty big fan of his, so I could be biased there. Uh, right. But he was really cool at that moment. Um, the, the, another one that I really remember very clearly was, believe it or not, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I had the hugest crush on her in eighth grade <laughs> nice. and even younger. I actually wrote her a love letter. In seventh grade, I mailed it. I don't know who got that letter, but the, the the to be able to fast forward and actually take care of her in person and be her host was was pretty surreal, honestly. Oh my gosh, was that, that at, was, was cool. that at Moon or Caesars? That was actually at Rain Nightclub in one of the skyboxes. I don't know if you've ever had a skybox, Ron. You remember on the third floor, they were the ones that kind of overlooked the the nightclub. They were very private at that time. Vegas, uh, uh, you know, people in general, I don't think were as vain as they are today with social media. So everybody used to want to be hidden when they used to go to the nightclub. Now they want to be seen. But those were like the spots to be. Well, if you remember me, uh, I mean, we liked we liked that little table off to the side there. Yep, VIP room. I remember that. That was our spot. Remember that beef? You know, that oh, was- it was it was amazing. And you know what I particularly remember about that spot? One of the coolest awesome gentle giants this gentleman named lynchfield he went by lynchfield he was our like private security guard the night that we were there um kind of talking about the foundation of candy magazine ron and lynchfield could not have been a nicer guy just if we needed to get you know to the restroom or get a drink or whatever he'd be like come with me sir like a big shaquille he was like lynchfield and Shaq were probably like you know they they they're, they're like pretty equals in terms of like stature, but man, what a gentle giant, but what, what great staff at that place. It was amazing. It yeah. really was, man. That was, to me, that was for me personally, obviously uh, that was the golden years of Vegas for me. I, 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 I definitely could see it. And um, I, I mean, I loved it. I, I mean, I just, I look, I look forward to our trips. I look forward to the hospitality that you extended our way. And uh, um, it was just, I mean, and I, I mean, I was a big moon guy, but I always remember just when we went to rain, we got that one table right there. And it was just yep. like, this is it. This is where we're camping. And we're just sitting here looking and stuff like that. And uh, it was just an ama- amazing, amazing time. Um, but eventually you went over to, um, 
you did go over to um, uh, Caesars at some point. Was that when uh, Ring uh, Palms, the Palms got sold? Or is that is that? Yeah, well, I was I was there during that transition. Uh, but you know, I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. There was it was it was changing hands. Things were changing. I was getting a little bit older, um, you know, and then I was starting to actually teeter about maybe potentially moving back to the East Coast or even a Miami move at that time. I was uh, trying to figure out my next move, and I didn't really know what I was going to do. I just was kind of over the the nightlife at that point. And then an old friend of mine who was uh, the Palm's face at the time, John Gray, who's a really good friend of mine, you know, started working on this project, The Link, at at Caesars Entertainment. And he basically gave me a, a he heard I was potentially moving. He said, I don't think it's time for you to move move out of here yet. And then he proposed me this idea to start and create a whole new division within Caesars Entertainment, which focused on non-gaming. And that's kind of how I headed over there. So you kind of spearheaded this whole new division? That was- yeah, I was actually int- I actually spearheaded the whole thing, and we created a VIP lifestyle uh, VIP lifestyle services team that basically catered to the non gaming customer. As non gaming continued to grow throughout the city, Caesars found that they weren't reinvesting into these customers, so they basically brought me on board with John Gray, a few other consultants to kind of figure out how do we invest into somebody who's spending $20,000 on a suite, $6,000 at a nightclub table, a $600 dinner, where back in the day, they would never even really, the, the, the individual, uh, you know, restaurant or nightclub would take care of those people. But as a company, a hotel, they never reinvested into those people before. That's right. Cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. You know, you get, you get, also you get these points on your card for the money you spent. You know, yeah, room yeah, and, and the and the restaurants and the nightclub, you know, and you know, and it's and it, you spend a day at the pool, it's easy to drop a thousand dollars. Absolutely, know? and you without, don't gamble. Yeah, yeah. It, without getting a cabana, you yeah. can still drop a thousand dollars, you know. So, um, so that was that's very innovative on on um, on your part to say. Yeah, to say and let me just elaborate real too, real real quick too. You know, I obviously wanted out of nightlife, but what this position actually did for me was like a hybrid. I was able to kind of dabble in nightlife and still get my fix and 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 keep those relationships, but I didn't have to stay up till four or five in the morning uh, every single night. So it was really a nice transition. Sweet little, little yeah. life balance, finally, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 definitely nice. Um, but eventually, you know, things at Caesars they kind of had some bankruptcy problems, and uh, and, then, and then you moved on. You you start your own little uh, little little juice bar there, huh? Crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it actually started happening. I was trying to figure out. Uh, I wanted to do my own thing, and I finally had this vision of what I wanted to do, an actual passion project. I didn't just want to open anything. So something I always wanted to do for the last five to ten years was have my own business, but I didn't just want to open up anything. So I started planning it. It was actually COVID. COVID actually kind of pushed me out the door of Caesars. Once COVID hit and then the, the convention started getting canceled and all that stuff started trickling down, I knew I was done. I saw the writing on the wall. So they ended up you know, laying me off and they obviously transitioned into new ownership. And at that point, it gave me 100 percent focus on my new business, which looking back on it, it was probably the best thing that could have ever happened. Yeah, and it's called Squally's Cafe. Is that is that the name yep. of the business? Yep, Squally's Squally's Cafe. It is a health and wellness uh, cafe, juice bar, smoothie, shakes, acai bowls, uh, light snacks, sandwiches, and all that good stuff. How did you get interested in that? So about five years ago, I met my business partner. 
Uh, her name is Alina, and she's the one who actually created the menu there. She's a holistic health coach and a certified uh, nutritionist. And about five years ago, I was having minor health issues, and it was really from poor dieting. Obviously, you know, having a few drinks here and there, staying up late, going out to dinner all the time. She basically changed my life with food. And uh, from that moment on, I was like, we got to do something together. She she had these healthy waffles, uh, was introducing me superfoods like maca, blue spirulina, kamu kamu, all these things that are basically basically like medicine. And uh, literally it changed everything. I became happier. I slept better. Just my whole overall mood changed. And from that point, I said, we got to do something together and make a difference. And that's kind of how it happened. Wow. And I mean, you're not, your plans are to, to grow this. You're not playing on just one store, right? You No, absolutely. Multiple. Yeah. We definitely want to grow this one store at a time. Uh, obviously with everything that's, that we're still experiencing in the country, it's kind of been in uh, slower gear, but I do believe we have something Something special here, so we definitely want to grow it. Yeah, you got a nice little logo, nice yep. little brand, nice little brand. So that's always good for expansion and 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 whatnot. So, and you obviously, like you said, you just talked about you launched this business in the middle of COVID. Yeah, now I kind of had no cho- choice. Now, you know, I, I obviously saw my, signed my LOI back in uh, August of 2019. Construction started in October. We were slated to open up in March, April, and then obviously uh, COVID came and the pandemic began sometime in March. I can't remember. But uh, I mean, I had no choice, uh, to be honest with you, but we made it work. And as things have gone back to normal, have you seen an uptick in business? You know, it's been the summer was really good. And then going into winter, it's kind of been like so uh, up and down, which I guess is kind of normal uh, for local business. Uh, But honestly, I think there's an appetite for people that want to go out again. So, I mean, I I don't think I, I definitely think it's gotten better. Okay, well, that's good. Good, yeah. good to know. Um, and and you know, with this extra free time and not these crazy hours that you, you know, you're putting in it, and, and as a VIP host, you got interested in crypto and NFTs. <laughs> I sure, I sure did. Uh, I definitely got inter- interested in uh, Bitcoin a little while back, a little while back, and then obviously the NFTs have really uh, got my interest. Steve introduced us to Bitcoin. Was it a year ago, Steve? I think when we first yeah, talked about it. A couple of years ago, we were playing around and just, you know, kind of reading, just going through the white papers and trying to get a grasp on application and you know what, what this whole thing was about and i remember you know I was, when i was kind of shooting you some text and stuff and we were looking at the numbers you're just like oh this is crazy it's it you know it's like four thousand dollars i'm like ron this is nothing man it was just it was funny it's funny in hindsight it's pretty crazy right well, I didn't get it because there was nothing. There's nothing behind it back. I like there's nothing behind this, you know. And, yeah. and we had to come on the podcast to talk about it. And and Lori and I were just like, Steve, I don't get it. There's nothing behind <laughs> it. What's backing it? There's. Nothing I mean, I, I just kept, I just kept preaching decentralization and the, you know, <laughs> this and this and that, you know. And you can't mess around with this. And look at the inflation. And look at all this money we're printing. And the world is crazy. I go, Ron, there's there, there's there's something here, man. Yeah. So, so Pasquale, what's it at now? Right now, it's at fifty. Last time I looked this morning, it was at fifty-seven thousand and some change. <laughs> Pretty crazy, right? It's. Oh, uh, I should have done something. When it was I cool. know. Listen, I was in the same boat as you guys about five years ago. If I would have just put a hundred dollars now, five years ago, I'd be in a good spot. So I mean, it's right. shoulda, coulda, woulda. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know if either one of you guys remember this gentleman. His name was Scott Evans. Um, he was a friend of mine. Tall guy, skinny, bit of a. a 
interesting character. He passed away a couple of years ago. But 10 years ago, when I was doing some contract work for him, um, he brought up Bitcoin to me. You know, he's like, you got to look at this Bitcoin. I go, I don't get it. He goes, it's a digital currency. I go, yeah, but I don't get it. He goes, it's a digital currency. I've got these friends of mine that they're in it, you know, and it's like 25 bucks for a coin or something stupid like that. And I, he wound up, you know, I think he wound up buying a hundreds of coins. Um, and as you guys know, I think uh, Bitcoin is tied to a key. You actually have to have some sort of key to access it, right, on a computer or your phone. Well, well, it's it, depending on what wallet you're using and what application. But there is hard storage and cold storage. And if he put it in cold storage, uh, you know, who knows where that could be at this point? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what happened to it. But anyway, he passed away, and and so and with it, I think uh, I'm sure uh, he did, never did anything with it. Uh, and yeah. uh, hundreds of coins, which is probably worth what a couple million dollars now. You, you guys want to hear a fun stati- fun statistic? That's a fact. There's about four to five. Okay, so we're we're even experienced technical problems. We're going to try this one last time here. There uh, we go. Pa- Pasquale was telling us there's four to five million coins lost. I, I asked them how many coins are that are still out there, and I believe the answer is 21 million, right, Pasquale? That is correct. So that's what Steve, 20 to 25 percent, somewhere in of the total um, amount. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm frazzled now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a little frazzled with everything. Yep, yep. Somewhere in 20, 25 percent of the total amount lost, gone forever. So, so obviously with a with a with a fixed supply, I mean this thing could go up and up and up and up. So that's crazy. That, yeah, it's twenty three percent. One other question on cryptos: What else are you looking at, Pascual? Not not an investor advisor or anything like that, or an investment advice. But what else are you in? So I uh, I recently just uh, bought into Shiba Inu. Uh, and that's doing really well for me. I have some Ethereum, some Cardano, some Solana. I even have some Cosmos. I got some Dogecoin and some Poly Polymatic. Uh, uh, I have a few, yeah. So we actually, when Steve and I, uh, back in February, we started looking at the NFT game. Um, and we were looking at Ethereum. Steve, what was it back then? I think it was probably about 1600 I believe, Ron, correct? I mean, we were yeah. under 2000 it was yeah, it was it was less than that. It was like it was, was it? like yeah, it was like twelve hundred or something like that. Right. Uh, and then it just shot up um, because when we were looking at putting the deal together, we were looking at doing everything in crypto. We were looking at you know the money that was going to come in to help build it in crypto, and the money that was going to go out and paint the uh, the programmers was going to be in crypto. And it went from that number twelve hundred to sixteen hundred like in a matter of a month, and then it shot to what. 2400 and it shot it's like there's one weekend where it just went through the roof yeah yeah that was april i remember because we were down in uh i think we're we're talking in february about 1500 and then i know that that april spike was you know 227 i mean it was like you know it was hit four hit hit, uh almost four grand in may yeah it just blew everything we were doing right out of the water we're like well that kind of screws up our whole business plan model for what we're going to do because um, because who saw that coming? We didn't see that coming because it was a slow, gradual growth, you know. But never never anticipated a two to three hundred percent jump like it like it experienced. So um, it's kind of crazy. So then, so that so you got into uh, you got into NFTs. How long ago did you get into NFTs, or Pasquale? So about about two and a half, three months ago, I really started diving into it. And how how did you uh, come across it? 
So I've, I heard about it, obviously, in the beginning of the year, I heard about these crypto punks. And just like everybody else, I thought it was stupid. I'm like, why are people selling these JPEGs for $80,000? Didn't even want to entertain the idea. And then a friend of mine, uh, who I actually met face to face, started explaining it a little bit more in detail. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. And then I, I just went from there and fall, went down the rabbit hole, basically. So for two people that are looking to get into the space, NFTs, what are, what are the two things they need to know? Well, first of all, they should definitely tread lightly. It is a wild, wild space. It moves at lightning speeds. I have a hard time keeping up. I'm trying to learn something new every single day. And right now, the, the, the hot thing right now are the collections. And the collections are based off of community-driven and utility behind it. And now it's starting to even transi transition into the metaverse, which is crypto gaming. And that is where I believe the big money is going to be. Steve, you brought up gaming uh, about a month ago with me, did you not? Were you were thinking of, was about that? Yeah, we were kind of thinking about you know different things we can do, and um, I I kind of was just on Discord and on you know just following different you know Instagram and Twitter feeds, and I, there was just there was an abundance of people kind of concentrating on kind of cool NFTs where they were able to use like kind of like an anime name and likeness um, as an avatar in games or different types of you know different types of weapons or different things that could be you you have this unique non fungible token, but you you would own that and be able to trans bring that into different, you know, I guess, what would you call it, Pascual, like the metaverse? I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not, you know, is, is, is that kind of, is that kind of what it's about? You, you, you own this asset and you can actually use it online? Yeah, just think about this. Think about this podcast we're having. When the metaverse really goes full force here, we can use our avatars and have our podcast in the metaverse on a beach somewhere. It's pretty wild to think about. I know it's it's confusing to a lot of people, but that's where they're going with it. Bitcoin's up to 57,000. I just got a text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you call utility, right? Yeah, that, well, that's the utility behind it. I mean, there's people right now making anywhere from three to $500 a day in NFT gaming. Uh, they're, they're now providing passive income opportunities. I mean, it's just, it's just a really wild, wild space. But as, as awesome as that all sounds, I mean, people are also losing their ass too. So it's definitely not... Uh, you like I said, you have to tread lightly, and you really have to know where you're, what you're doing. Well, it's it's just like the stock market when there's yep. a when there's a when there's a stock transaction, there's a buyer and a seller. There's somebody on the winning side, and there's somebody on the losing side. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Same same thing. Steve knows that space very very well. So um, we we dabbled in it six months ago, um, seven months, yeah, six six seven months ago. We dabbled in it with with yep. uh, trading with trading cards for models and stuff like that, just to try to get an understanding of it. But we didn't really understand the community or the utility um, behind it, and we didn't really understand the definition of what those were uh, yeah. until you until you explained it to me a couple of weeks ago. So now we have a better understanding of what community is and utility is. So uh, I think we're going to circle back on bombshells and take another look at uh, what we can do with that. So absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, and and you're you're talking about doing your own NFT um, play. Is that right, Pasquale? <laughs> 
Yeah, I want to. And that's what really intrigued me. It wasn't necessarily about the art. Uh, I got into that part of it because it was a little bit fun. And I really wanted to just dive in and see what this was all about. But for me, I was thinking about, wow, this is going to change the way we market our businesses, the way we buy and sell goods. This is why I really wanted to get involved in it. So this is something I'm going to work with a few uh, uh, friends of mine who are designers, uh, web designers, and try to figure out how can I create some form of NFT uh, platform for Squally's Cafe. Absolutely. It's definitely something I'm going to do. That's fantastic. Well, good. That's good. awesome. Yeah, good. Good luck with that. Um, so just so just to wrap up, because um, like I said, we just uh, we're almost done here. Um, if somebody's looking to get into the NFT space right now, uh, what's one or two NFTs that, that you like and that maybe you could tell them to take a look at and do their own research on? No, absolutely. The one that I'm really got my eyes on right now is the uh, it's called the uh, the party. Ape Billionaires Club. And it's really cool. It's got a huge following. Uh, their roadmap is really attractive and they're going to offer opportunities for passive income as well as the gaming aspect of it. That one, if anybody's out there listening, the Party Ape Billionaires Club, you can follow them on Twitter. I think Twitter is the encyclopedia to all this. You start with Twitter and from there, they'll lead you to their Discord, to their, obviously their Instagram, to their roadmap and, and their website. And that's how you start that one there. And then there's another one too uh, that I really uh, am into. It's uh, it's the Moon Boys. The Moon Boys are starting to really get some uh, some action here as their floor price is slowly increasing as they're starting to release some of their utility. Those two there, I'm really big fans of. Okay, well, great, great advice. Uh, yep. um, we'll definitely we'll definitely check those out. I know Steve and I already checked out Moon Boys, so um, yeah, they've done some unique things in the space that we don't quite understand how they're doing it. Um, Pretty know, crazy. And, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Hidden, <laughs> hidden drops. They don't. I mean, it's just like, just like, how do you do that? You know. So, um, it's like, like you said, it's like buying a, a pack of baseball cards, but you don't know what's inside the pack. You yeah. know? <laughs> Didn't you're just know hoping, you're, hoping you're getting that Wayne Gretzky rookie card. That's what you're. Yeah, hoping. exactly. You yeah, know, that's right. I, no idea how they do that in the space. We got to figure that out. So. Um, <laughs> Right, well, that's that's fantastic, Pasquale. It, it was great catching up with you. Uh, and uh, Steve, got anything uh, you want to wrap on? No, that's it, man. This was really fun, Pasquale. Nice to. I, it's been a while since I've spoken with you. It's very cool. I'm so excited about the cafe, and uh, you know, God bless and all the best to you, man. I appreciate it. this. Was extremely fun, and we should definitely do it again soon. And uh, it was it was a good time. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Where can they follow the cafe online? So it's, it's at Squally's Cafe, and that's S-Q-U-A-L-L-Y-S Cafe. That's our Instagram page, our Twitter, our Facebook, uh, the website's Squally's, uh, Squally'sCafe.com. If you're ever in Vegas, anybody, come check us out, especially after all the partying. We do have specific food items that will help your hangover. <laughs> well, I follow it online, and, 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 the, and it looks delicious, all the different uh, smoothies and, and the different food items that you uh that you show online. So I look forward to being out there again soon and, and checking it out. So that's great. Me too. Me too. All right. All right. Once again, thank you everybody for listening and uh, Squally is great catching up with you. And we look forward to doing this again in the future and, and bringing people up to date on the, on the progress that you're making on the NFT front and, uh, and what progress Steve and I've made on the NFT front, because we're awesome. very excited. We're very excited about the space. Perfect. All right, everybody. Everybody have a good day. Take care. You too. Thank you guys. All Take right. care. Right, she only Bye. likes me when she's drunk. She only likes me when she's playing.